Jim asks, we want to provide valued, relevant content via our website, but not have it end up being a repository. How do we find the balance between being a dependable resource for members and moving them to action? This is a great question, Jim, and one that I look forward to talking through together with you on today's episode of Banking on Digital Growth. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Clarity Call series, where James Roberts sits down for a conversation with someone in the digital growth community to provide clarity into the biggest digital marketing, sales, and leadership questions others have. If you'd like to join James Robert for a future conversation, text your question right now to 832-549-5792. And remember, the only bad question is the question that goes unasked. Let's get into today's Clarity Calls conversation. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 164th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Clarity Call series, and I'm excited to welcome Jim Cap to the show. Jim is responsible for planning, developing, and implementing the marketing strategy as a corporate marketing manager at SinFed Credit Union, and he's a great question that I look forward to talking through today to provide you, the dear listener, with clarity. Welcome to the show, Jim. It is so good, and I look forward to answering your question today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Before we get into your question, it's an important question. It's one that that I know many will get value from. They'll gain clarity from because it's one that I've I've answered many times before for financial brands that I've been coaching, guiding, advising over the last 20 years. Before we get there, always want to open up on a positive note. What is good in your world, personal or professional at this moment in time right now? Great. Yes. Well, actually, we're very happy. Um, earlier this year, we launched our first uh, digital marketing campaign. We worked with a with an agency for the first time, and they really gave us a very sound digital strategy. We launched it in February, uh, March of this year, and uh, we have been seeing the results and have been very pleased to date. And as we wrap up the year, we we are uh, enjoying the success that that's brought us. Well, that's fantastic. And and as as we look ahead, you you know, one of the other things that you're working on is building a website that sells. You asked the question. We want to provide value, relevant content via our website, but not have it end up being a repository. How do we find the balance between being a dependable resource for our members and consumers and moving them to action? And how do we locate the friction point where support turns into sales? This is a, is a really good perspective. Um, uh, before we get into answering it, can you give me some background into the thinking that inspired this question here? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, earlier this year, we began to um, begin a long overdue overhaul of our website. And uh, obviously, we started with some content questions there. And, and we took a look at our old website. And really, the analogy that I used was our, our old like a six-foot submarine sandwich. I mean, it was chock full of good content, good ingredients, a lot of really good stuff there. But it was so large, and there was so much stuff there that people either didn't know where to start, they didn't know how to navigate it, or they would just take a couple of bites and then they would leave. They'd be satisfied and leave. So they wouldn't stick around. So our challenge was to take to take that and become more to get people to stay and to take action. 
So that was really the, the genesis of this question is figuring out how do we continue to provide those resources for our members and those prospects, but at the same time, engage them and get and move them to action so that we actually turn those into conversions. The way that I would look at, at solving this, and it's really more of a thinking methodology, is through a buying journey. You, you have awareness, you have consideration, you have purchase. Starting at the awareness stage, that's most likely going to happen off of your website. You mentioned running digital ads. You mentioned, you know, there's there's the social media, there's the organic search, which I'm predicting organic search will play an even more important role over the next two to three years as the digital ad game continues to get transformed because of like uh, Google's third party cookies going away. First party cookies are going to be extremely important. So therefore, it's almost like what is old is new again. SEO is going to become the hot thing. Content is going to play a key part of that. Then there's the consideration stage. That's when people hit your website. And the thing to remember is only about 2%, 2% of first time visitors will convert because they're shopping. We know that they're comparing. We know that they're probably consuming between eight to 12 different pieces of content looking at maybe three to five other financial brand sites in that consideration stage. This is probably the greatest opportunity because when doing assessment work, we find that the consideration stage of the journey is pretty light, if non-existent. Because where the, ma- the vast majority of financial brand sites have been focused on is the purchase or the conversion stage. And so we can almost break this up and, and look at this by uh, through an acronym that I call TLC. Everyone needs a little tender loving care, yes, but we also need some traffic we need some leads and we need some conversions. And so if we start solving the problem by working, by, by making sure that our conversions, you know, those that are applying, we're pulling all of those through as needed, then we can move up to the lead stage. And so therefore we have three types of calls to action. Number one, we have a primary call to action. And that primary call to action is the apply or the open an account where I see a lot of financial brands fall short on this is from a, what happens next? Do we send them off to a third party? Most likely, yes, like a Meridian link, for example. If we can capture that information on our site using some type of a quote-unquote pre-application system, this is methodology that we developed about seven years ago, we have seen organizations pull through around 15 to 20, 25% more leads that have abandoned. So we want to make sure that that's in place. Then we can move up to the second tier, which is what I call the secondary type of CTA. And that's for the people who are about 50 to 80% of the way through their buying journey, um, but they need to talk to someone. In our research that we, we have found that uh, the talking to a human being is still the most influential source in a consumer's buying journey. Now, when we say talking, that doesn't necessarily mean in person at a branch. That could be over the phone. That could be through chat. That could be through email. And once we have that taken care of, we call those request a callback CTAs that typically would sit right below a primary CTA. Then we have our tertiary CTAs. This is where... We have early stage uh, consumers, you know, they're, they're looking for a, a mortgage, they're looking for an auto loan, maybe a credit card. What type of 
content or resources do we have available for them that we could still get a quote unquote lead off of, which would be in this case, an MQL, a marketing qualified lead that we can then nurture over a period of time through marketing automation. Digital growth is a journey from good to great, but sometimes this journey can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. The good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com insider to learn more about how you can join the Digital Growth Insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show. And it's this particular lead that I see as a vast opportunity for growth for financial brands because the, the, the content historically on the website has been sales focused. It has been conversion focused. And so take mortgage, for example, or like a small business account. We offer a, a, a home buying guide or a small business growth guide in exchange for an email address. And it has to be some really meaty content. Uh, some of the organizations in our program 30, 40, 50 pages of content, all packaged up into a nice downloadable guide, a PDF. But I just ran some numbers recently on the small business side. One organization generated $10 million in potential lifetime value just by adding this type of thinking to the site, not running any more ads. It was pretty much all organic acquisition that they were able to then from marketing transfer over to the sales team. And so we look at these different types of conversions and then we can associate and assign different pieces of content around each one of them. And I would really say for you, look at that tertiary, capture some of that organic traffic coming in who might otherwise, you know, quote unquote, abandon, go to somewhere else, go to another site. And a lot of this comes down to content architecture and structure. So that's where my thinking is for you from an organ. We don't want to throw everything out there out of the gate all at one time, but it's architecting the journey, architecting the experience based upon those three different stages of awareness, consideration, and purchase. What are your thoughts kind of downloading some of this from a framework here? What, what resonates with you, Jim? That makes a lot of sense. I think what, what, because that really sets up the process and outlines the, the again, the customer journey and what they're going through. I mean, our uh, initial thought was, again, you put the information out there which is fine, which may be necessary, but but it's a very passive approach. You're putting it out yep. there and and hoping that someone will look forward or hoping you you'll come up or something like that. And and uh, obviously we want things to be a little more active, a little more engaging, and and be able to reach those people to when they're in those various stages. If you think about it this way, from a, an activity, I like the point of passive. This is more of taking a proactive stance in a buying journey, and I think that's where some conflict typically arises because. When you look at financial services, there are multiple buying journeys. Buying a home is different than buying a car. Buying a car is different than growing a business. Growing a business is different than getting a personal loan. And so prioritizing the consumer journeys and then the content associated with each one of those journeys will help from a resourcing standpoint internally. The other thing too to consider is if you produce a very meaty piece of content, there's and the way that I look at this is there are three types of people on this earth. You have creators, you have curators, you have consumers. 
And 90% of people, I would call them consumers, five to seven, eight percent, I would call uh, curators or contributors, and 2% are creators. And we see that pattern and trend. I mean, even when you go look at social media, there's what's called the 99 1 rule. 90% of people lurk and just consume content. 9% of people comment. 1% are actually, you know, actively contributing to the conversation and starting and sharing their thinking. And so come back to this idea of, of, a, of a meaty home buying guide, 30, 40, 50 pages. Take all of that content, repurpose it, and turn it into articles, blog articles, that are then optimized for your local community. So for example, you're in Cincinnati, um, you know, buying, how to buy a home in Cincinnati would be a blog article. That would be the title. You would change your URL to maybe complimentary, how to get a mortgage in Cincinnati. Um, and then your title is an H1 tag. I know we're getting a little bit technical here, but then you're repurposing all of that content from that buying guide into an article, maybe you pull out a couple of pages that becomes an article and then you have a CTA on the article, want to learn more? Don't send them to the mortgage page, send them to the download the home buying guide page and now you got a marketing qualified lead that marketing automation can then get picks up and nurture that lead. How could you see something, envision something like this working for you if you were to prioritize specific areas of focus, where do you think you would begin this content journey here? I think in terms of the content where we're, we're in a good spot, we have some good in-house re resources that we can, we can develop some of those articles and some of those very, to meet those specific needs. So I think that's, that's in a good point. I think what we will need, we need to develop internally is developing those customer journeys and fleshing those out. And then yes. coming, up, coming up that structure to fulfill that. I think, again, that's something that we've identified and something that I think we're going to be obviously prioritizing in the near term, but I think that's, those would be the next steps. Well, that's great to hear. And that's what I would recommend. The prioritization of product, looking at the common pains that people have around a specific product when buying that, and then literally answering those questions through the content production. I will tell you, it's, it's very positive to hear that you have internal resources to help you through this journey here. We, we have one financial brand who brought in internal resources and they went from about 1800 visits a year on their blog articles to this year, they surpassed 150,000 visits over 60 to 70% of those visits coming from organic search. And then we assign a monetary value is basically worth a million dollars of ad buy um, that came through that. And it took them a good you know, three or four years to get to that point. But every year they saw the exponentiality of content production going from 1,000 to 10,000, 10,000 to 50, 50 to 100, 100 to 150. Because the longer that you get that content out there, the more Google views it as a trusted resource, you, particularly if you can get third-party links in, inner site structure, cross-site linking. I mean, once again, we're getting, getting very technical on that, but I like your next steps of prioritization of product. And then I would say even further, what are the common pain points that people have? Frame the content around that. It's what we call human-centered growth. So you're in a really good place going forward, Jim. What's been most helpful for you today? If we could summarize this conversation, what's been the biggest key insight idea that you've taken away from our time together? Uh, certainly it's, it's been the TLC approach and it's been, it's been identifying that the people that come to the website are in that consideration set. They're, they're, that's where they are in the, in the journey and that we need to address our content to that and, uh, and making sure that what we have is 
relevant to them, that it has value, uh, and that uh, it's something that they'll find usable. Consider this too, when, when thinking about digital consumer journeys, probably a good 80, 85% of people looking for a product will not come in through the homepage. They will typically come in either through A, a Google search organic, B, some type of paid traffic, or C, some type of social media ad, either going into a product page, a campaign landing page, or an article, like a blog article. And so I think that's where a lot of times we think that they're just going to naturally come in through the homepage because we think retail, we think someone walking through the, our, our branch door, then they'll go to the mortgage page and then they'll find their way to the next pieces. But if there's one thing that, that I could also think of here too is always guide people, always be guiding, meaning what do you want me to do here? Where do you want me to go from here? And then also, how do you want me to feel as well? Because if I'm coming in, I might be feeling a little bit frustrated or overwhelmed. Uh, buying a home is not easy. Starting a business, growing a business is not easy. Or if I'm looking for a personal loan, I might feel a little bit of financial stress. If we can use some headlines and address some of those pain points in copy and headlines, we have found through secret shopping that does make a difference. The other thing, too, is you're, you're, you, you, how do we locate the friction point where support turns to sales? Question for you. Have you ever conducted any digital secret shopping studies either on your old website or the website that you're building here? No, we have not. That would be another recommendation that I would make. Digital secret shopping studies. We've looked at this, 85, 90% of financial brands have never conducted any type of digital secret shopping study. The inverse is true when it comes to, well, at least pre-COVID, they were secret shopping the physical branch. But we could do the same exact thing when it comes to specific product lines. And once again, I would create a focus on this and maybe make part of this your, your experience as well. Secret shop a particular product line ahead of doing any type of consumer journey mapping because that will help you identify where the friction points are for people. Also do comparative benchmarking as well because we're finding that typically fintech and some of the, even the national brands are really excelling in these areas. I would say fintech even more than the, than the national brands when it comes to the consideration stage of the buying journey. So secret shopping, digital secret shopping would be another step that I would recommend in regards to prioritization, consumer pain points. Jim, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate your question and, and thanks so much for joining me. You know, someone, we're all on this journey together. Someone is listening. They're like, I'm where Jim is at. I want to talk to Jim because I have a, an idea or I have a question for Jim. What's the best way that someone can reach out and connect and say hello to you, Jim? Uh, certainly they can, they can contact, talk, contact me via email. It's jcapp, J-K-A-P-P at sinfed, C-I-N-F-E-D dot com. Um, I'm also accessible through, uh, through our social media site, Sinfed uh, Credit Union in Cincinnati, Ohio. Jim, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Great question. I know one that, that, that we get a lot around, so I appreciate it. Um, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.